Hey everybody, welcome to the First Youth Podcast. Today I have Ryan Youngstrand with me. He is a founding partner and owner of JNR Superior Landscape Solutions. And without any further introduction, here it is. It's Ryan Youngstrand. <laughs> Are you nervous? No. It, this isn't natural. Usually you're walking around like crazy talking. Yeah. Like work and stuff. <laughs> how many how many employees do you have at uh Um So right now we're running Five or six guys, and okay. then Jesse and I. Okay. So they've been doing like, dude, like 50, 60 hours a week. Really? Yeah. People so. are still paying for their uh, their landscaping in the middle uh, of all this. I thought, honestly, that with people being at home, it might be they would start doing more stuff themselves, but it seems like just the opposite. Is so. that your biggest competition, people doing it yourself, like DIY? Um, not really. And and one of the things is, is with our group of people, like um, most of them haven't per se lost their jobs yet. So. Okay. I do think, though, that like, we're going to see in the next couple months some, so, you know, how construction and, um, you know, different industries on the lower line of things have, have been out of work, obviously. I yeah. think you're going to see a, a, a rolling of that into different industries that haven't shut down. You okay. know, it's just, it's just natural. You know what I mean? Like yeah. engineering things like that, yeah. they might be doing designs for now, but you have a two month lack of nobody's producing your drawings all of a sudden you know a couple months down the road they're probably going to notice a slowdown it's a delayed like reaction i think it's gonna i think you're gonna see that so. that was my dad's work it was in august we'll see a 30 percent drop and they saw it instantly yeah because they thought they got they initially spiked incredibly in business but it was it was an overreaction to and can't you know can't can't start working we're going to need those materials yeah it got you know yeah who knows what's going to be on the other side of this yeah what about for your family like has there been any unexpected good thing come from this? It's easy to call it the bad things. So I've been trying to be, per se, considerate of those who aren't working. Okay. Because, in a sense, for our business, yeah, we've only seen a benefit. Um, my mm-hmm. sales as of this time last year are probably about two times <sighs> the sales that I had last year. Because... I saw that jet ski in your parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't see the cigarette boat in the back? <laughs> I, I, that's good. I have that hidden. <laughs> yeah, I got that under a tarp that looks like camo for the neighbors. Oh, yeah, everybody's in the same boat. I'm in my own boat. I've been but... taking it out at night. <laughs> Just ripping. <laughs> but no, like, because usually we're per se hurting on workers until, you know, kids get out of college and things like that. But this yeah. year, everybody's been out of school or different things like that from the get-go so it's like now we're just full bore we have the help Mm. that we need so and like i said like you were asking have we seen a slowdown in work and if anything i think people are at home looking at it and they're like well i don't want to do this so i'll get somebody to do it for me Mm. so you know and they people some some of the people that are still working and things did get some stimulus money that is extra money per se to them yep so um and like i said most of our clientele is still working so yeah but uh yeah so Mm. That's nice. Yeah, it yeah. is, but I'm trying to be considerate when I talk to others yeah. who maybe aren't working. Yep. I don't want to sound like, oh, yeah, you know, we're things rocking. Are rolling. Yeah, because I know that they're probably struggling and things like that. You so. know, that's been, even at church, that's the same thing. I've been, I, I I probably wouldn't have put it like that, but that's, it's exactly right. There's some, there's definitely some, um, like, I get to sit in a thought bubble all day long and come up with, like, day camp coming up. Yeah. Here's here's how we can try to attack this different, and I'm filled with life. Initially, you know, slow, but then let's go. There's a lot of people that just don't have it, yeah, and, or they have to work from home and they're upstairs all day long. Uh, I was just talking to a youth leader right before this, and 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 it's I get, I have to lock myself upstairs so kids don't come running in and stuff, and I just have to sit there and 
do work, draw, do sketches and stuff like that, and just try to make sure that I get it done. But that yeah. that's you know that uh, kind of isolation. Yeah, you guys at least get to work outside and you know, get some sun for sure. Now, but yeah. your story is way different though. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way. And it, and if and if it's too personal, just give some vague answer. No, but it's um, your story is way different though because everybody. So I'm a fiend on Instagram looking around watching. Um, and it's all start hustling young, early, and then eventually you get enough money to buy a bunch of stocks and you travel the world, post about it on Instagram, give talks, and then retire and live on a beach the rest of your life. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Tell me that's not what what some of your guys probably working for you think that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, they, I'm telling you, it's Instagram's like hustle, but you went the complete opposite, right? You were working with... And that's where my, my some the my the gap in my understanding or knowledge is financial institution, and now landscaping. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. So what what were you doing beforehand? Uh, so I worked for six months right out of college as a financial advisor for Edward right. Jones. Got my licensing and all that. Who stuff. was it? Edward. Edward Jones. Yeah. Okay, I put down J.P. Morgan, but <laughs> well, what's J.P. Morgan? What's the difference? Uh, they're they're another financial institution. Same with thing. Advisors though. and things. Same thing. Yeah. 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 So you were so, with Edward Jones. Yep. And what'd you do? Uh, well, I was honestly, I didn't get much out of the training aspect of things. Like, okay. um, but I did do a lot of door knocking and things like that. That actually, it was kind of funny because the first two years as we were building our business, um, just happened to be the two years that we got a lot of ice damage from storms and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what Jesse and I did is, um, we went around with a chainsaw we got from Lowe's, just started door knocking on people's doors that we saw that they had damage from the storm yeah. and giving them an estimate right then and there doing the work. And then it gave us an opportunity rather than just knocking on a door and being like, Hey, I'm so-and-so, you know, right. it was like, we were already there for a desired reason. You already and we opportunity. threw them a card and then it's like, you know, so honestly in years one and two from over the winters, we probably gave out over a thousand cards. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, and I was already comfortable with that from having worked at Edward Jones and having to door knock to build that business. Did you literally have to knock on doors oh, yeah. when you were doing Edward Jones? Oh, yeah. In a suit and tie, too. Not calling people because no, they always talk about fast fingers calling people. Yeah. You had to knock. Oh, yeah. Is that because I, I would start my, my, generally, I would start my line out and I'd say, hey, I'm not. You know, here to change your religion or to, uh, you know, because they think you're Jehovah's yep. Witness right away. Especially in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Why and you had start... to do that. Why? I, I honestly, I. You hated to it. To this day, it doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. It's not a natural, I mean, at least put you in a polo and maybe khakis, yeah. yep. but something apart from like suit and tie and That's just. so weird. You just, it just didn't, it just didn't work. Yeah. But it worked, but I'm saying it's, you, you had to like calm people down from that initial reaction of yep. like. Whereas if you just walked up in normal attire, yep. they might be more receptive of you off the... What did, it, what did a normal day look like there, knocking on door-to-door for Edward Jones in a suit and tie, trying to... What, what are you trying to sell stock, trying to get people to so buy? So that, at that point in the process, because we were all getting our licensing and things like that still, yeah. it was just more so to make a connection. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm Ryan Youngstrand. I'm opening an office in Percocet, ho- yeah. hopefully in the near future. Right. I just wanted to kind of introduce myself to the community and get out and just kind of meet people. Yep. Yep. And then, this, then you had to go back again which was kind of nerve-wracking because I had taken good notes, but not good enough notes to realize as there's a couple people that flipped out at you, and now you got to go back to their house. They flipped out at you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It just – it was – that time, there was some economic hardships going on at that time, too. So you'd come up to people who didn't have a job, and then it's like, you know, you're – throwing out financial advice or offering to and they don't even have any money to begin with. So it's it's offensive to them. Yeah, exactly. So – and you're like – 
crap, I didn't write this down of these people. Now I got to go back again. And at that point, then you were getting a little bit more to, hey, I'm going to be back to training. I'm going to have some assets yep. to sell. If I see something you're interested in, can I give you a call? Right. So, and then um, then you had to go back even again. Mm-hmm. So you just kept making these Man. connections with people. So it's like, um, yeah. So. I've, I, You know, we recently knocked on a door. I was, I was cutting lawns with my dad. And we saw, you know, shaggy lawn. And that's like you know blood to a blood to a shark. So yeah. I'm gonna go knock because there's an opportunity. It's yeah. good. And uh, as soon as they opened the door, I think they saw a trailer. Him, you know, grass clippings on. Him. No, we we're we're not ready for anything. Right? Yeah. I thought, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on at the house. I thought, you know, they might have just lost their job. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, people are offended by it. Yeah, it can go one in two ways. It can yep. go well or it can go poorly. Yeah, so. <laughs> it can go rough quick. Yeah, that's, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people you're trying to take advantage of me. In this moment, because I have a shaggy lawn, or for whatever other reason they they imply, yeah, um, it's it's usually not though. Like you, you know, I no, I mean I know you. I'm sure there's a lot of. I'm sure you probably work with some characters. Yes, right. They That's probably sure. were looking to take advantage of people. Yeah, they could have. So, <laughs> well, I you know some of the it's it's a reciprocal reciprocal relationship. You're trying to go. Obviously, I want to cut your lawn for money, but like we got to get to a point where it's fair footing for both of us. Yeah. Or if I'm selling something for financial institute, I'm knocking on the door. I know that's pretty awkward or intimate, but I'm trying to gain good for you. But obviously, I'm, there's very few people going. I'm just trying to give my entire life to everybody, <laughs> and I don't want bread. I don't want water. <laughs> I don't want nothing. Nowhere to sleep. I just want to help you out. Yeah. So that's that's different though. Yeah. That's there's a few guys. But you started Edward Jones knocking on doors. Yep. What changed for you? Because you listen, it, you you started that. I'm telling you, some people are looking to go, I will cut wood for long, and then eventually I want to get to a spot where I can work inside and earn tons of money passively. <laughs> and you went the opposite way. What was it that made you go the opposite way? Uh I just didn't I didn't want to be stuck behind a desk and I didn't want to per se I don't I don't have a problem working for other people and taking orders, but yep. My whole so finance actually was my secondary major. Okay. Entrepreneurship was my first major. You can major in entrepreneurship. You can. Okay. And um, that so the whole purpose of doing that was with the intent of running my own company. Right. It was just a matter of what I was going to do. Okay. So um, I just like I said when I got out, Edward Jones is very free. Mm-hmm. You have an office, to, but there's still at the end of the day, there's still stipulations that you have to yeah. meet for somebody else. Right. So it was, you know, it was more so my grandfather and my uncle both worked as financial advisors for Edward Jones. Um, and they were kind of like, hey, in the meantime, until you figure something out, do why that. don't you try Jones? Okay. So, and it had that freeing aspect mm-hmm. of kind of entrepreneurial and all that. So, but it, it still is not, you know, mm-hmm. your own gig. Yep. So it was just landscape was something I was comfortable with and, um, yeah, something that I just You didn't have a real passion for trees. It was just something you were comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, it was, I literally wanted to be running my own business. That, it wasn't it, totally the I mean, I like the work. Yeah. But it was more the my favorite part of aspect of having my own business is the business side right. of it. It's not necessarily the work. Hmm. It's the business side of it. Running a business uh, you know, work getting employees to work together, yep. things like that. Running the challenge business. of teamwork and yep. unity and culture building yep. and all that. Yep. You're fascinated by that. Yeah. I love that. It's great. So well, I like the bookkeeping aspect, all that stuff. So. It's almost like a game, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're trying to one up and do better and, yeah. and work on things. Yep. I like that a lot too. And any kind of strategy, strategy yep. games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, that's not many people though. I think I don't know if you no. know that. That's a lot, right? Yeah, I do because I I <laughs> 
I work for in the wintertime. I work for an HVAC company and things like that. Yeah. Those guys hate that aspect of it. And I'm they, constantly telling them, like, dude, I love that aspect. Right. I'll do that for you. So right. I've always thought, you know, I like to make myself as well-rounded as possible mm -hmm. or look at other areas of revenue if I ever, you know, got injured or different, just in general. I like right. to find as many skills as I can. So that's one area that I, I could see down the road of doing bookkeeping for businesses or different things like that that I would, I would love to do. Especially with your financial training, you bring that advantage to people like, I have experience because a lot of these guys went the other way. They did that stuff to eat. Yeah. And they didn't get in that business stuff as a necessary on the side, like you yeah. said. Yeah, that's um But but being good at that, knowing your numbers is is critical. And that's I what I always tell those guys. Yeah. And uh, uh I was actually just talking to one recently and he's been having some efficiency problems and things like that. And it's like, you know, now it's gotten so bad he's starting to see it. And his checking account and things like that. It's like, dude, this is where the key of knowing your numbers is. Like, are you making money on that job? Right. How much money are you making on that job or losing on that and job? And people don't know that. And then at the end of the year, it's like, how can I improve? Yeah. Like, constantly every year I'm pulling up my reports looking at, you know, what's my payroll? Mm -hmm. What's my income? Mm -hmm. And how can I make my income grow more than my payroll? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Be yeah. most efficient with every hour that you have. But, but a lot of guys don't know that is what no. you're saying. Yeah. How? Or don't think like that. But it's very important. Is it just is it just that they don't like it or they just not care about it enough? I well, mean, well, the guys like I said that I've talked to, they just it's not something they they don't want to sit in front of a computer. They don't like computers. So they're just tired of that. They just have no desire to do that. So, but right. that like I said, and and that's where like at the same time sometimes bigger isn't always better. They say mm. in business because I know many businesses that for every hour worked or things like however you want to measure it are yeah. much more efficient than mm -hmm. some of these bigger businesses who right. are doing, you know, eight times the sales. The sales right. at the end of the day really don't matter. It's how efficiently are you making the sales yeah. and what are you taking home? Money over time. Yeah. Yeah. So and how, and how you get to that point. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That you know, it's you see a bunch of these companies and people running around and doing stuff and you're like, oh, they're probably all rich. But that's not the case. A lot of guys are just trying to piece it all together at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I, I think of this story made me think of this picture. It was on Instagram or somewhere, who knows, um, wherever you see one of those many pictures, right? It's like a fill in the blank. <laughs> somewhere I saw this. Somebody showed me a picture, and it was a guy, uh, and he's pointing, his, he's pointing his flashlight at the woods, and um, they said direction in life. And they said what everybody assumes is it's just a straight line through all the trees. He shined his flashlight, and it's a straight line, and it said what it really is. And he shined his flashlight, and it's zigzagging through all the trees, up and down, back, and different heights, and all around to the other side. That's that's I mean that's most of it, right? Yeah. I mean it's it's I I know very few people straight line. I started here, I knew exactly what I was going to do and I was there. Yeah. That's not that's not everybody. No. I and mean, certainly not where you know you, you had to find some things yeah. along the way. Did you know in high school that you wanted to run your own business? So I started a computer company when I was like probably 15 or 16 years old. Really? Um yeah, my dad was in computers growing up, so I just grew up around computers. So hmm. I ran a computer business building custom PCs and laptops, uh, doing tech support. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. So I actually went around my neighborhood and a couple neighborhoods and areas and handed out flyers, actually. Yeah. So I did that. And then <laughs> I went from doing that and Jesse, my business partner, actually uh, started working at the local dairy farm. Mm -hmm. So then I started working there in addition to doing the computer business, but I started working there. And then I actually went to college at Drexel, I started in computer engineering. Yeah. That's what I thought, computers, you know, right. all that. And then um, just, it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea, the whole programming yeah. and all that stuff, sitting in front of a desk. There was no way I was going to survive that. <laughs> so then I was like, you know, 
really what I want here is, yeah. is is what I liked about the computer company was running, again, like I talked about, running the company. Who helped you discover this? Not yourself? Or I somebody... just kind of, yeah, honestly, I just figured it out over time myself. Pretty introspective. Yeah. And yeah. then and then I just kind of, like I said, I, I'm, all right, I'm going to switch to business, finance and entrepreneurship, but I'm not spending $40,000 a year <laughs> yeah. on a business degree. Yeah. So then I ended up switching to Shippensburg. Okay. So, because, you know, computer engineering or something like that, you kind of want the reputation of a school behind you. Yep. Business, they're going to look at your drive. What have you done? Where have you applied yourself? Things okay. like that. They, they, The school will help a little bit, but it's more so like, what have you done? Maybe I mean, in connections, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could go to MIT. They're going to see that. But if you didn't get involved in anything, they're not going to really care. Right. You know, so um, I felt like Shippensburg was a good school. I got a good bang for my buck, per se. That's so. great. Yeah. There's a lot of people that go into Shippensburg around here. Yeah. I think just because, you know, locality, but yeah. it's not a bad school. No. I, I felt like it was good if you apply yourself. So. You made it to Drexel, though. That's big stuff. Yeah, that was uh, it was good. That was fun. So you don't you don't really hold those things in high high esteem, names what? and brands <laughs> and stuff. No, not really. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> just Drexel. It cost me a ton of money. So, but the funny thing is, so and not to like just in general working yeah. hard, you know. But I actually, I look back now, and it's like you know I'm running a landscape company. Yep. And like I do feel like my education was definitely gave me the you know the the per se confidence mm -hmm. to go out and do some of the things I did. But yeah. really it's like to start a landscape company, I probably didn't need a college education. But the funny thing is I think back, it's because at the age of like when I went to school at 17, I had saved mm -hmm. up about $45,000 really? from working wow. by myself and investing in the market and things like that. You invest in the market at 17? I was invest yeah, 15, 16 years old. I was wow. investing in mutual funds. <laughs> so, but... But the funny thing is, so I had all that money saved up, which is like, you know, if I hadn't gone to school, what that would be worth now. But, oh. you know, Drexel drained 25000 of that right off the bat. Don't, 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 think, then, don't think about that at the well, end of the day. I'm just saying, Holy you know? cow. So, and then you turn around and come out with debt instead of that money that you're you could You're fascinating, add. though. Seventy. I mean, $45,000 by the time you're 17 invested in mutual funds. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Well, I just one one day I'll find out what a mutual fund is and I'll be able to talk to you about it. But <laughs> it's like, just a compilation of a bunch of stocks so, that costs you a five percent return every time you invest into it. So <laughs> Look invest just, it yourself. <laughs> invest it yourself. Is yeah. that what you just said? Yeah. Not in a mutual fund, you're saying? Uh, it depends. It depends I mean, on what? There's like, a lot of things that go into that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not that simple, but is Warren Buffett a genius? <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I was just reading an article the other day, and they're yeah. saying uh, he's not so much a genius anymore. Did you see that? No. Because he's been doing really well with the market right. doing well. Right. I mean, I don't take a side. I just thought it was an yeah, interesting yeah. article. Yeah, yeah. But now they're saying, um, like, the market is changing so yep. much as we know it. Yep. And it's not the same market. Nope. And I, I didn't see any of this coming, but I've been saying for years that the market has been changing. It's all emotionally driven now. What like, was it before? Actually, I thought it was always emotionally driven. Um. I feel like it is even more so. And you have so much fake news nowadays oh. and nobody does any research. Um, there was actually just, wow. just the other day, I'm trying to remember what, what it was, but um, the investment group that I'm a part of actually threw out a trade yep. based on an article that came yep. out. And we made the trade. And as soon as it came out, all of a sudden he started saying, you know, get out of the trade per se or look at the trade differently because it was fake news. You know, the market had responded to fake news, and then it realized it was fake news and started responding the other way. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. The market is, like, literally so quickly and instantaneously driven by just any news whatsoever and buys into it. You know, and actually, um, 
what was it, a couple months ago, there was a guy, I don't think he'll ever get prosecuted or anything like that, but it, there was a gentleman that was speaking on CNBC, put in a bunch of short positions on stocks, yep. went on and said basically the market's, you know, done, you know, everything tanked, and he turned, I think it was uh, millions of dollars into billions of dollars within just his conversation. He could be done. He could never have to do that again. Well, he could just live on a beach and but, be done. I mean, there's no way they're going to prosecute no. him, but is no. that ethical? Probably not. No. You know what I mean? Like he would, knew where his position was and that he could influence the market, and he did it. But that's what I'm saying <sighs> by any more with technology and things. It's yeah. a changing market. But So going back to Warren Buffett, yeah. Yeah. they were saying that um, for this year and where he's at, he's probably going to have some of the worst returns. Wow. Within his, you know, Berkshire Hathaway and things like that, sure. based on older investing and stuff like that. So, yeah. but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. So, I'm telling you, man, I'm gonna stay out of it until I. <laughs> you might be better off doing that. I just, I don't know. That's that's been a lot of uh, that's been a lot of being a dad and being a provider and thinking long term and stuff. I don't know when that started clicking. You 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 clicked at 17, but I'm sitting here thinking about that, like you know. Those kinds of conversations started happening probably a few years ago. Okay, long term, what's going on? What are we gonna, um, what are we gonna do? And what's the option? All that kind of thing. Do you have something on eBay right now? No, sorry. That's, I think that's I, actually my investment group. <laughs> is it the same sound as eBay? <laughs> no, it's it's the messaging. Sound. I have something on eBay right now, and I think it. I think it just got a hit or two right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I think it's done. It's Sunday Sunday night at like eight thirty or something. So okay. I'm, I'm probably my my your probably bids are going my bids on. are probably dropping in right now, and I forget what it is. I'm kind of excited because <laughs> I don't know. I had a VHS collection on there, uh, Disney Black Diamond and stuff, and. Apparently they go for money. I think I dropped it. There but you go. I'd have been up there. So nice. Um, you're you're a follower of Jesus. You're a Christian. Yes. But you're a landscaper at the same time. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. But it sounds funny <laughs> to say that way. How how are you a Christian landscaper? Like, do you cut grass in the shape of a cross? <laughs> Come on, like for real. How on earth are you, like a Christian plumber? I think there's no such thing. Well, I think it's just the the attitude that you have. Um, the language that you choose to use, the way you respond to situations. But I don't think it's unique to the occupation you're in. I okay. think it's just who you are and the ways that you act and the ways you respond to things is what determines things. So so JTR is different because it's run by Christians? Um, yeah, I think it is. So I think better, people notice that too. Really? You're a better company? We'll actually be – well, I don't know about that, but I'm saying I'll have clients um, that – just out of the blue, yeah. Um, they'll be like, "Hey, you guys don't, you guys don't curse, do you?" And it's like, no, and, you know. Or they'll be, you know, running their mouth, letting yeah. the words fly. And yeah. We don't, we don't say, you know, we're not mm. judging them or saying anything. But all of a sudden, they'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know. They'll be apologizing for it, and it's like, uh, do you, uh, you do know. you have uh, do you have non Christians working for you? Actually, right now we don't. Ha- but all you have our, in the past, I'm oh, guessing. Because yeah. like, not have you have you told them not to curse? No, no. And what? they they will curse. Okay. But and you know I, I I but they know that I don't curse. Yeah. But so, you don't subject them to that. Um. No. I mean, as long as it's not unnecessary and being ridiculous and being loud and obnoxious and okay. things like that. You know. If so if it, it's obscene. Yeah. I mean, there's a point where it's like, all right, guys, come on. You know, but it doesn't usually get to that. Right. You know, because that's just the way that they com- converse and things like mm. that. But if if it's getting ridiculous or loud or things like that, then I'll, I'll say, hey, guys, let's just keep it down or things like that. What so. is it you think about um, – I don't know how to say it. Like blue-collar jobs, hands-on jobs, guys doing rough labor that it seems like it, it like a foul mouth is like a must. Like, like if I were to paint a construction site – 
and we were to talk about what they talk about on that construction site, I'm I'm gonna guess you and I are thinking some foul words are probably being said there. Yeah, I, I, but but at Edward Jones at the top levels. Well, that's that's the unfortunate thing is even in those jobs anymore. Um, you know, it used to be where to me it's like there's a level of professionalism. Okay. But anymore, that's not even frowned upon. I no. mean, you can let whatever you want fly, and it's considered Almost expected. Prof- it's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. But it used to be in those environments, you know, like you said, like an Edward Jones job, things yes. like that. There was generally a little bit more of watching what you said or how you said it or things like that. But I, I don't think that's the case anymore. But what is it about like a, a hands-on job that guys just let them fly a little bit looser? I don't know. I think they're just comfortable. I, I really don't know. <laughs> just I don't being know comfortable why with that. each other. I've never, I've never, honestly, I, you know, I know some guys have said that they have trouble, lose, they lose their testimony yeah. at work. You know, they yeah. just let words fly. I think I've honestly, thankfully, never had a problem with that. Hmm. I, I don't know. I just never had really a problem guarding my tongue. If anything, I went through a phase where I kind of turned away from the Lord and I did start using language, and I think it was I had to work harder to use language <laughs> than I did not. I'm dead serious. I was like, it was more so like I was using language because I was at a point where I wanted to kind of rebel. Yep. But I mean, I've never had a problem like some not people using it comes language. natural. Did yeah. it come natural to you? It, no. I mean, like I said, I had to work to use language when I was rebelling. So, <laughs> That's really funny. Um. So thankfully, in that sense, I, I've never had a problem with that. I had but. to work to use language. <laughs> I think that's I think that's sadly or you know just reality. I think that's probably true of a lot of teenagers, because it's if it's not in their house, like you're saying naturally, yeah. and they are trying to rebel, which I think is absolutely at the core of of cursing and stuff. Is yeah. um, they're gonna they gotta work at it to rebel. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna make sure that I say these things to be anti yeah. everything else. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I you know what I I've and I'm I. I not in the past ten years, you know. Not not in college. I don't think it was a, a big deal for me. Um, in high school, like you're saying, it wasn't to me. It wasn't natural. My dad didn't. I didn't grow up with a dad that cursed. My yeah. mom didn't curse. Um, and so the times that I did, um, I felt like I was introducing something into my life or my language that was just unnecessary. Yeah. Where because it wasn't natural, and so. But for me, it was more just. It, I don't think I was trying to rebel as much when I jumped into it as much as it was um, trying to fit in. Going the other way. I'm not trying to get away from what I was or what I claimed to be or my parents claimed to be or my community, but I just wanted to be a part of that. I wanted those people to say I was okay, so I jumped in on it. Yeah. So I think that's probably more of it for me too. But that's that's it. That's a good way of putting it. I had to work at cursing. <laughs> um, for a lot of teens, it's a, it, I think it's a safe way, or for young people or old people, I don't know. I think it's a safe way to rebel. Yeah. It's like YouTube comments. I can say whatever I want because nobody's going to track it back to me and call me to trial. Yeah. So I can say whatever I want. If anything, it just gets blocked and it's gone. So if I curse, what's really going to happen? Well, you you know, you don't curse and you stand out. You know, you do curse, you fit in. Right. So at that point, generally, you want to fit in with everybody else. I think it's funny that people I – th- I think it's interesting that people notice that you guys don't. Yeah. I mean, how, how often are you really around customers that they would see it over a period of time? Well, so the ones that have, we probably have a good relationship with them. We've, okay. But, you know, they notice that towards probably the beginning, you know, the beginning of our relationship. Pretty soon after. You know, so it doesn't take too much longer before it's like, okay, this guy doesn't, hmm. you know. But uh, I think the same thing even in college. Like, you know, I didn't I didn't drink, yeah. you know, before I was 21. And the thing was is, like, people noticed that. Hmm. So, yeah. What was, your, what was your reason you gave him? I'm not 21. It's not legal. <laughs> So. But so many people disregard that they didn't care less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as you're, I mean, I, I think it's probably right around like driving. Yeah. That people introduce it. And, but for you, that was an easy one. Like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Would your family, did your parents put that into you? Like, we go to church, yeah. we follow Jesus, we're just not that family. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Did you have a good relationship with your parents growing up, that that was a strong influence for you? Yeah, I think okay. so. And what did your parents do to make sure that you had that? Um, well, I went to Christian school, Yeah. which, you know, I think that was good. Um, for me, I wish I had, per se, so Christian school, that's part of the reason of my rebellion, per se. Really, Christian you, school. I just got comfortable with chapel every Wednesday, church mm-hmm. every Sunday, mm-hmm. and it was just, you know, um, the gospel message continually. <laughs> it's all great stuff. I'm just saying yeah. it became, per se, monotonous. Yep. Um, and it just, you know, it was like, okay, this is what... And I. that's the thing. Once I got to Drexel, it was kind of... And thankfully, the Lord allowed me to make the right decisions, but yep. that was the first time that I was ever thrown out there, and mm. then I was making the decisions for myself. Did it shock you, or were you glad to have to make those decisions? I was really glad to have to make those, and that's why as mm. we're trying to figure out, like, where we want to send our kids or what we want to do with them, do it. Yeah. I, I kind of wish personally I had been challenged before mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. I, I made the rates, thankfully, yep. but I could have easily not. But like, I was glad that I was challenged before, um, or I wish I'd been challenged before college to make make my faith my own. Hmm. You know, you know, Christian school, public school, you can get into whatever the heck you want to yeah. get into. Yep. So it's like you know. Um, that's why, like I said, as we're trying to decide whether we want to kids send our kids to Christian school, public school, and I think each kid's unique too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think you can just say right off the bat, oh, "I'm gonna send my kids to public school." I'm gonna send my kids. If you have a leaning towards wanting to send them to Christian school or something like that, right. but I'm saying like, so I think each kid's unique in terms of uh, where they're at, what their struggles are, and things like that. Mm. So, yeah, um, you, you definitely have to. That's one of the things we did for that Mother's Day video. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was hesitant. You made me nervous. No, just, yes, no, I did. <laughs> um, we did that video, and when we they said, "Where have you seen God's grace work in Shauna?" That's one of the things I mentioned, and it was, you know, she's going. They're all different. We got to talk to them differently. Yeah. And we got to parent them differently. And it's true, even about school. You can't say, "Well, we're a Christian school family. We're a homeschool family." You can. I'm sure. And there's plenty of people that do. Yeah. But you gain a big advantage for your kids and for your family when you say. This kid is going to do this. Yeah. This, however difficult that is. Yeah. And I don't know, and I have never tried it, so I can't say that I know how difficult or easy it is. But you know, if Calvin was better off at a public school and Reagan was not, then how difficult would that be to send him to two different schools with two different times? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But we're definitely willing to think about it at yeah. least. Yeah. Because you want the best for your kid. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Depends which kid. And <laughs> what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what the few past few days were like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Today, I don't want the best for you. I just, <laughs> I just need you to go away right now. <laughs> yep. I don't think, I think parents have always thought that, probably just not saying it, you know? <laughs> it's probably refreshing to hear a parent actually say it. Somebody needs to say I think that was Tim Hawkins. Like, I love all of you. I just don't like that one right now. You're like, yes, finally, somebody's got it. I just don't like that one. It was a good line from him. What's Ryan? What's what's happiness for you? Like, what do you feel like you're driving towards um, now in life? You've got a car, you got kids, you got a, you know what I mean? Like, you got a house. Like, what's happiness for you? A lot of people are trying to find that. A lot of people are trying to discover that. I feel like I'm hearing that constantly. What, where's that at for you? Where are you finding happiness? I think I don't know. I think personally, I find happiness just in like trying to be content. Hmm. You know, like I I. I don't – I personally find that I, I find contentness pretty easily. Okay. So, you know, we have, you know we have a smaller home. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I like having a smaller home, less things per se. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so just finding contentment in what you what you have, hmm. not necessarily looking at like what could I have. Hmm. So I think that's what that's what keeps me even killed is just being content with what I have. Yeah, no matter what it is happening. Yeah. There was a uh, GM of some football team, and uh, his wife was sitting there next to some reporter, and the reporter said, "You know, you've been to a couple of different." Um, cities or whatever over your your husband's playing career, and then now, what's your favorite city to live in? And she goes, "Oh, the one I'm in now." And I, you know, it could have been Philadelphia, could have been anything. He goes, "Oh, Philadelphia, you love Philadelphia?" She, no, I said the one I'm in right now. She chose to make whatever city she was in her favorite place because I think you know, for her, I mean, if it was five cities and she loved the second one the most, and she's three removed from it. That's a whole life of, man, I wish we could get back there, and it yeah. ruins everything else. Yeah. So like what you're saying, it's like what I have right now is what I'm content with. Yeah. But that's very scriptural. That's, But it's not easy. No, it's not. And I, and there's a lot of people that are shooting for more all the time instead of what do I need. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times, too, you get caught up in it's like if I had all that or what I could do with it or things like that. And then a lot of times I hear people say, oh, we got there. Right. And then it was like more stuff's just more work. Yeah. You know, or now I'm stressed, yep. you know, different things like that. So I'm just I'm just happy with where I'm at. You know, we we have some per se dreams or visions of possibly down the road if the Lord works it out that we'd yeah. like to do. But at the same time, like I said, it's gonna require more work, yep. more time, yep. which I already have too little time. So yep. it's like I, yeah, you know, people don't always think like that. They're no. like, Oh, I just want the next step and then they get there and it's like this isn't so that's what part part of the whole Bigger isn't always better with companies, too. Sure. You know, it's like you don't now know you have a bigger company, more time, more stress, more customer complaint. I mean, there's there's a lot more to deal with, right. you know? So, um, yeah. So I think that goes in all aspects. I don't know who it was. It was some Rockefeller or some one of those guys that made America. And they'd said, I was happier with $100 than I was with $100 million. Yeah. Which is an interesting thought because it seems like money's the answer if I could, or if it can at least it answer a lot of the questions or needs in my life, then I'll be done. Yeah, and that's not always the case. Chasing that happiness is never usually the resolution of it. Yeah. If I can find it, I've got it. Money's gone. That's usually not it. I, I've been toying with this thought that um, money can own you, whether or not you have it. Yeah. So like, yeah, if you if you don't have money, it owns you because all you want is more. Yeah. Or, or you know, and and I would say, you know, if you're struggling to feed your kids, it, 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 I mean, right? Like you need yeah. money. Like yeah. yeah. But if you do have it, it can own you just as much. So oh, like yeah. people who feel like they don't have, if I get it, then I'm done. I got money and I'm done. It can own you just as much. You're, you, you know, there's some level of anxiety and need on both ends there. I yeah. really need money and stuff. And I, I need to keep. So when you've got a ton of money and, you know, four jet skis and you got, you know, two houses and stuff, you got to keep that income coming or you're going to have a problem. Yep. You're going to lose all that stuff. Yep. That contentment. I think there's a... I think there's an answer for today's culture in, in having Jesus and listening to his words and, and reading the Bible, and it goes, okay, what God's offering you is is total freedom. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it just, that freedom isn't, it's not freedom to enjoy a ton of stuff all the time, it's just freedom from all that stuff. Yeah. But that's a pretty foreign concept for most people. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you, you get coached all the time from TV and the internet and stuff that you got to go after those things to be happy, and if you don't have them yet, here's how to get, here's three ways to get to having them. Yeah. But you know that's um that's that's contrary to what the what God says. Yeah. Where's where are you? Wh- okay. Which arena of your life do you feel like you're being challenged in the most right now? Dad, business owner, um, son, brother. Wh- what are you? Where are you being challenged at the most? What's the? I think I think personally, it's like a mental game right now for okay. me because I'm a big planner. Yep. And I like to know what's happening next. Okay. Um, 
I've gotten a lot better because a business can be very unpredictable of yep. dealing with that, but I still don't like it. Yeah. I like knowing what's coming next. I'm a very planned person. So with this whole thing going on, there is no nobody knows what the next the next step is. Even if they claim it. Yeah. Yep. So we you know, I've heard theories of, you know, something's gonna be this is gonna get better in months. I've heard yeah. years. I've heard never. Yeah. So, you know, like there's all sorts of different theories out there. You just have to put your head down and just keep going with yep. what you have. And like I said, thankfully I can work right now. If right. I couldn't work, I don't, I don't I don't know. I think I'd be going nuts right God now. God bless Sarah if you couldn't work right now. <laughs> <laughs> you right? know what though? That's where like being well rounded though would be nice because if I couldn't yeah. if I couldn't do landscape, I'd be trading. Okay. So and the nice thing about trading is, at least in options, yep. is you can benefit off a good market, a bad market, or a neutral market. Yep. So it doesn't really matter what the market's doing. You can make money. You're trying to be self-sufficient in some way. If it's trading, if it's not landscaping, it's yeah. going to be something I, else. I'd like to have as many avenues of income as possible available mm. to me. I, th mm. I think that's important. But um, yeah, so I think I think that's been the hardest thing for me. And, and like first when this whole, I've gotten a little bit better, but when this whole thing started, I just constantly always felt exhausted. Yeah. I'm like, why am I so tired? Like nothing's really changed, but I think it was more so I couldn't shut down mentally Okay, because I didn't know what the next step was. So you were trying to find the next step or trying to just trying to just keep going. Like hmm. there was, you know, it's, I didn't have that next step. Okay. So it was just keep going with what you're doing now. Hmm. And just keep going, 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 rather than, you know, looking forward to the next thing or stuff right. like that. Like, I don't know if we're going to be going on vacation this year. So many plans yep. have changed. Yep. You know, there's no church right now, which yep. was a nice thing to have. You know, we knew what we were doing Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, what we were doing on Sundays. That was nice. I like consistency. Yeah. And right now I don't have much consistency. Well, I have consistency, but it's not what I was comfortable with before. Everything changed. Yeah. And I don't care who you are, it changes. Um, even if you could say, well, I like an opportunity for new things, that's fine. But nobody likes the change, even in the moment of, because everything gets tossed up in the air. Yeah. And so you've got to find the things immediately. Yeah, I, when we switched some philosophies around first youth and stuff and what my job was and what other people were going to do around it, it felt like everything got thrown up in the air. And I was coached through Chris a lot. He said, let some things hit the ground. It doesn't mean that people are going, everybody in this room is going to die. Let some things hit the ground and find out what are the things that you have to pick up because nobody else can. Yeah. And I thought that was, that's some that was some real wisdom because it enabled other people to come along and do things. Yeah. Um, you know, Gabe was the same because we were working in the same, you know, department and stuff. Everything was thrown up and go, well, let Gabe pick those things, you pick those things, and then everything else. You know, you got leaders around and, and you've got people who want to help and encourage. You don't have to do everything. Yeah. But that's, that's you know, who likes that? Yeah. Especially when you find value and purpose in, as guys too, providing um, and being a family man, you don't, you don't know where that next thing is going. Yeah. You employ a lot of young guys though. Yeah. Okay, what... This next generation, what are you seeing about this next generation? Because it feels like nobody understands <laughs> perpetually what the next generation is all about. So you got, we're what, millennials, right? I guess I think we're millennials. considered millennials. I haven't looked long enough. But we Gen are, Z coming in. We're considered millennials technically. Okay. But I don't necessarily associate myself <laughs> with the traditional millennial perspective. Why is that? What's, what's well, the millennial you know, perspective? The millennial perspective is anymore is nobody wants to work. You know, okay. nobody does what they say they're going to do, different things like that, which... You know, I don't think I, – I, I got young guys right now that yeah. are phenomenal workers. They're doing okay. an excellent job. Yeah. So I think you get you get both sides of that coin. Okay. I've seen it then where you get the traditional millennial. Yep. And then I've seen the millennial who's not the traditional millennial. So, you know, I don't know. It's just a stereotype I think that people like to go about, but I wonder. I'd love to read more about millennials. What was it the environmental factors in our time as we were coming of age that made that true, you know? Yeah. 
and there's always going to be the, you'd have to rule out the givens, like parents, like, you know, you had hard work and loving parents. I had hard work and loving parents and that, yeah. Okay. But there's, there's gotta be some other things that split. Cause there was definitely some people I know, hard working, loving parents and have all those millennial stereotypes about them. Yeah. So what was, what were the other foundational things that happened to them that molded them so differently? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, dude, I think it was a meant like the mental thought process of just in general that, you know, nobody wants to offend somebody else that, um, <laughs> yeah, we, you know, um, we love our kids, but to per se to a fault, um, in the terms of that, you know, it's always quicker to do the job for them or yep. do things for them. It's easier. Yep than to sit down and have them clean the room for five it's hours. T- it's totally When easier. I could do it in 15 minutes. It's, it's so <laughs> much easier to just do it for them. So I think that's, you know, and I think we're in such a, um, a society where uh, you have to perform. Mm. So as adults, you know, to meet those performance standards, you're tired. Yeah. You're exhausted. Yep. So it's easier to take the easier route of parenting sometimes or to come home and not do things with your kids. Yep. So, I think I think, and part of what's led to that, like that fast pace, that performance-driven society, is technology. Mm-hmm. Um, technology has a lot of good things, but it also has some bad things, and it has, I think, some unforeseen things that we don't even realize half the time are yeah. happening. But um, so I, I think I think that's probably where it's come from is just our changing society, the fast pace, the exhaustion of yeah. it all, and things like that. You so. know, they used to talk about burnout. In um, I was listening to Kerry Newhoff, and he. He's a guy, he's a church leader, he talks a lot about you know generations and where everybody's at. And he thought when he first gave a talk about burnout, like, I'm done, I'm exhausted, I'm tired of this, kind of like a midlife crisis thing. Um, he said he was shocked at how many 20-year-olds and young 30s came up and said, I relate to that. He goes, I thought it would be a long line of older guys and I could give them a hug and say, me too, man. He goes, a whole bunch of 20s and 30s walking up going, I am done with this. <laughs> And he said, I think it's that faster paced culture of fear yeah. of missing out, trying to adapt quickly, trying to get ahead. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a, there's definitely, and you know, I'm not smart enough to figure all the economic things out, but I was talking to an, an older guy and he said, yeah, I worked for the summer and I bought a Corvette. Think about working for a summer and buying a brand new car right now. <laughs> what would you have to do for like three months? And how long would you have to work for three months to buy a new car? Yeah. And it was like a sports car. Yeah. For three months. Yeah. And then he said, and I paid off college doing that too. And that's a whole other game that these guys... That, that our generation, I mean, we've got to be the first one, and maybe I don't understand history enough, but there, we've got to be the first generation and to have a, a crazy expensive college experiences and then get launched into the future with that. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the 50s and 40s and 60s and 70s, it, it could not have been like that. Yeah. Because they were working and paying it off right away. Yeah. And that's definitely, there's, there's got to be some weight of that. Yeah. I, I swear, I think you could be president of the United States if you could somehow come up with, like, loan forgiveness yeah. for people with student debts. I think you could win both sides of the aisle. <laughs> I think you could, like, run... I think you could run the world if yeah. you could just figure that out. Be like, here's how we're going to take care of that. Yeah. It'd be done, no matter who was on either side. Well, I, th- I think, too, is, like, uh, so many... So, I, this is going to probably be one of the things that will be changing with this whole coronavirus and stuff like that with colleges, institutions, things like that. But, you know, for the longest time, it was kind of like you go to college. That's what you do. Yeah. And, you know, so many times, too, in talking to, you know, students that were getting ready to go off, just kind of sharing something, some things that I had done, wish I had done differently, per se, um, was just, like, make sure – I don't don't feel like I did it wrong, but I'm saying, like, I feel like so many times – it, like I said, you, you just go to college. It doesn't matter what you're going for. 
you just or where go. you're going, you just go. Yep. And it's like, make sure that the education that you're going to get is going to pay for where you're going to school at. Hmm. You know, don't go to MIT for a social work degree. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to come out with half a million dollars in debt <laughs> and you're making $30,000 a year. Why does so, that sound so common sense? And it doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. And, you know, you, you just need to, you need to think about, or, or parents need to help their kids to think about that where they're going is going to correlate with the income that they're going to be making when they get out. Because six months after you get out, so many times kids all of a sudden, you know, come knocking, hey, yep. you got to pay these bills. It's like, hey, I haven't gotten a job yet. Yep. So then they end up compromising for a yep. Wawa or something like that. For just a long to be able time. To, just to be able to pay the bills and then they get stuck there. Get married, have a kid. Now you got to get insurance. You have another job and you and can you never get do stuck. it. You get stuck. You get stuck. So, and that, that's one of the things going back to, we talked about business a little bit. I'm glad I started my business when I did. Um, I actually told Sarah about two weeks before we got married, that I was yeah. starting a landscape company and quitting Edward Jones. But, um, <laughs> what was her reaction to that? Uh, I mean, I, I did it. So there was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you're married now, you got yeah. kids, you know, but, but, um, you know, like the sooner you can start that kind of thing, yeah. if you're looking to go the entrepreneurial route, the better, because the, the less commitments right. you have, the less, uh, you know, bills that you have and things like that, the easier it is to get that up and running. You're less risk adverse. Yeah. Because you can risk a lot because you don't have a lot to risk. Exactly. So you just, you're, you're open to a ton of possibilities. Exactly. I'm doing that now. Sean was really worried, but <laughs> <laughs> just risking it all. <laughs> Putting my car up as collateral. I don't own it. You know? <laughs> I just, I'm mess. I would not do that. That's uh that's, I'm, I'm more risk adverse than probably most people. So that's not me. But yeah, you know, that's that, Um, you know, we had a guy at BBC and he was like three years in. And right at the beginning of the third year, like it was September, we were coming in freshman year, and he had quit. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done about two weeks in. He's like, I'm done. And we're like, what are you talking about? Because well, you go to college four, ye- four yeah, right. years. Who I remember thinking, who goes to college for two years? Yeah. What kind of a garbage associates level <laughs> degree are you getting? Because it just seemed like four years you have this power. Yeah. And so who's going to go for two? And he's like, well, I'm done at the beginning of the third. And we thought, what are you doing? So he goes, no, I, I think I'm supposed to be like a woodworker, man. Like I want to go learn how to do that and teach at high schools. I said, well, what about all the work you did here? He's, I'm finding out about credit. I might be like a second semester or first semester sophomore um, going into it. So I lost about half of a semester. And so you're just going to pay. It's like paying yeah. for a semester that you just yeah. never get back. Yeah. And I don't know how many credits that was, but it might have been more. Yeah. But nobody, nobody talked to that kid and go, what do you really want to do? It's like, well, I'm supposed to go to that school. Yeah. And no trash on any of those schools yeah. because they serve a function for the people who want them. But you, you better figure that out before you go. Yeah. Yeah. And how silly was it for people to go in our – maybe you never thought this, but I certainly knew some of the people who stayed for community college, and I thought they don't know what to do with their lives, so they're just sitting there. <laughs> well, and and now what kind of wisdom is that? You don't oh, know what you yeah. do with your life, so you go to community college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I, I actually would have gone the community college route, but at the time, community college was just becoming per se popular as your yeah. first year or two. Yep. Yep. And Drexel didn't take transfers as from, computer engineering in wow. the engineering program from – outside schools. So I didn't have a choice but to start right. right at Drexel. But that's I tell people that as well. Like if yeah. you can get some of your stuff out of the way at community college, do it's it. a phenomenal way. And if you can do it during high school. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's even better. I mean we knew um I knew the Laswells. We thought they were crazy. Like you can't go to college. What are you, some super genius? Yeah. And that wasn't the point. It was like, no, I'm gonna do both. Yeah. I'm just gonna do that kind of class. It's more work, but we, you can do it. Yeah. And we just thought, you're nuts. No, you can't. And and they set themselves up fantastic. But their yeah. dad was wise. He was a really, I mean, you, they were they were sharp. That yeah. family was real sharp. I thought that is something to look forward to in the future. Well, Sarah's brother's kids. That was the deal. He said anything pre-college, I will pay for. That's great. And they actually, I think, between 
all the kids got, um, you know, each one got about a half a year of college. Great. The entire semester. Huge. That they didn't have to do because they got the credits out of the way in high school. Huge. If you so, can find a way to do that, go for yeah. it. And if you don't have to go to college at all. Yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking a lot about that with all the kids, frankly, is, um, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to be careful. Like some of the ladies that I knew, some of the girls that I knew that are not using degrees at all and spend a ton of money to yeah. get those degrees. Look, there's a myriad of situations and values and differentials and all sorts of stuff and yeah. variables. Okay. But I try to be careful about that with my daughter that I'm not sending her off to a guy with like, oh, plus 60000 That's a reverse dowry. Yeah. It's a reverse dowry. I'm going to give you less and you got to pay. And it's not going to me. It's just going to somebody else. Like, yeah. You know, you got to be careful. I think there's I think there's some more thought to go into that. Yeah. And I don't know enough. And somebody could say, well, they need a degree in case their husband dies and they got to provide and stuff. And so, OK, I don't know. But um, but I can tell you just from the situations from um, some of the people I know from school, that's that's a, a that's a really tough situation for a lot of them is yeah, we got two. Yeah. And it's not easy to fulfill. Yeah. Either of them. Yep. So when did you come to know Jesus? Because a lot of a lot of what I know about you, these talks and situations, is wisdom that you've based off of a community of believers around you that have talked to you and, and pushed you. Yeah. When, when did that happen for you? Um, I mean, I got to see, I, I don't have a very exciting story per se. Nobody cares. But you know what? It's funny because somebody's giving me a perspective on that. And it's like, it's actually sometimes, if you think about it, you've kind of been blessed because you don't have the exciting story yeah. at times. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. But Shauna would tell you that right off the bat. Yeah. She goes, Are you kidding me? I would kill for a boring testimony. Yeah. It's all I want in my life. Yeah. Yep. So I was I was saved around five or six years old. Yeah. You know, and uh grew up in a Christian home, went to Christian school. Yeah. And like I said, you know, there was times I struggled in different things like that or wasn't following the Lord. But uh for the most part I've been thankful that I've just, Was it was it going to Christian school every day and that was it that Jesus and the Bible were academic, or was it just the frequency of which you've heard it? I think, it, yeah, I think it was the frequency with which I heard it, and then growing out. I think even more importantly was seeing like consistency around me. Okay, you know, um, I was blessed. I, I surrounded myself with good people. Thankfully, I made the right yeah. decisions in that sense. Um, you know, my parents lived out what they spoke. You know, I think that that was it. It was the consistency of people around mm. me in my life. So regardless of the frequency of hearing it, regardless that you had tests on the Bible, it was the people yeah. who were really stewarding you as a person. Yeah, I would say that. Mm. So I, I just, I you know, I, 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 taught it, I taught at a Christian school for a year, and, um, you know, having kids, and they're frequently around the Bible. I mean, we live on church campus. Yeah. Um, and so anytime anything's going on, we're, we're, you know, we're around it at least. And the kind of people they talk to because you're in that environment, sometimes that's what I've been worried about. That's why I'm asking that. Like, what's the frequency? Like, is that a thing? And I think for some of them, it is. For some people, it really is. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a student when I was teaching, and they had said, you know, well, I go to the church where the school is. Yeah. So imagine going to school five days a week, taking a day off, and then going to school again on Sunday, but it's church this time. Yeah. And then some of the things you do, like youth group and stuff, are in the classes where you had science. Yeah. This yeah. Is so, this is, I, I have nothing against Christianity. I got nothing against my parents' stuff. I'm just bored out of my mind of the same thing every year, for 12 years now of yeah. school. So I, well, that that's where my rebellion stemmed from. Really? Is honestly the consistency of it around me. Hmm. I think it was like nice seeing, like I said, people living out what they said. So I think yeah. that was what influenced me the most. But the actual hearing of it all yeah. the time became so monotonous that it just hmm. drove me away from until, like I said, I got to college. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, I'm making this decision. Hmm. You know, I'm not being placed in a position where I have to make the right decision. I could make the wrong decision right now. Yeah. Am I going to? 
and I thankfully made the right decisions in most yeah. scenarios with that. Mm. So, tell me, tell me this because I'm thinking about. I don't think that there <laughs> is it's probably too too much of a binary opinion. There shouldn't be Christian schools. There should be Christian leadership at a school. Yeah. So take any Christian school, and I, I think. Because you can't make the kids be Christians. Right. And to, to be honest, you really can't make them morally behave. Right. Because as soon as you try to, you spawn rebellion and people yep. trying to get out of it because that's the law. Yep. Um, and people want to break it. So, but I think the Christian leadership should be there. Yeah. I think that, right? I mean, yeah. well, that's kind of what they have on many college campuses with right. Campus Crusade for Christ, things like that. Yeah. You know, the Christian leadership's there. Yeah. Whether you choose to seek it out or not is that's- up to you. I think you'd probably attract a lot more people. Not that that's the goal, but I right. think there would be a, however you can say that, I think there'd be a more traffic towards God and the Bible and if there was more of an option there. Well, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's biblical. That's gospel, Free will. Right? Free will. You know, God's yeah. given us the choice. Yeah. You know, when you don't want to take that away from anybody, no. but when you put them into constantly that bubble... You know, and and obviously the intentions behind it are good, of course. But at the same time, you're fighting that free will at yeah. times. It's that individual know? soul liberty, right? And when that gets taken away, there's something in the human that wants to find right. it. Right. I want to find that liberty in some sense. Yeah, yeah. That's not I, see, and that's where I'm trying to like as a parent, and I, I don't think I can do that yet. I gotta, no, I got to keep. That's going to be a constant evaluation, seeing where yeah. my kids are at, things like that, like we were talking about. But like, um, you know. To what level do my kids need that or not? Yeah. Or would they be challenged more in an environment where they can hmm. then share their their um, you know, their choice with others? Yeah. So and you know, that's and it's different seasons too. Like uh the, you know, when they're really young, it might be easy to do this, it might be a little bit harder in this age or that gate. You know, they they need certain things. Yeah. Um, and who you are as a parent too. Some parents can't do certain things because of money or environment, and right. so you have to stick it out. Right. Um, yeah, we're going through a lot of those decisions too. I mean even what's it going to look like in the fall when they do go back to school, if they do, how they go back. Yeah. And so there, there's a lot of, you know, there's yep. a lot of things to pray over and, and ask the Lord to kind of guide you about. But sure. Yeah, being parents never an easy job. No. It's, <laughs> and what's funny is there's a lot of what – maybe it worries me. Maybe I should just be honest. What, what <laughs> worries me is that when I talk to older parents, they say, oh, man, I wish they were young again. I'm, like, I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> you wish you could be in my shoes? What are you going through day to day? Like. Right. But you know what? I think Man. I think a lot of times, not always the case, and obviously I don't have older kids, but one of the things I've seen from other people that struggle with their kids, again, I'm not blanketing this or yeah, anything like that, but I do, I think if you take the, put in the hard work now, yeah, I think there's a better chance hmm. that, I'm, obviously we're still going to have trouble with our kids and different always. things like that, but I think it might be easier if we lay the groundwork now. Yeah. Then per se, like we were talking about earlier, taking the easy route, yep. you know, of cleaning the room for them, Do, doing yep. things like that for them, per se, out of love, but yeah. at the same time, you're, you're not helping them. It's not helping. And then you might fight the battles down the road, yeah. whereas, te- you te- know. Teach them to shoulder the weight. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts. It really does, doesn't it? You know, we were cleaning up a yard, and Calvin wanted to put a piece of wood on his back, and I said, I'll help you, but you're going to carry it all the way. I'll yeah. help you. I'm not going to let it dig into your shoulders and, you know, yeah. make you bleed and stuff. He's yeah. you know, way too young for that. I'm like... Just, you know, this was a year or two ago, and he did it. And I was holding it. I took it off his back. We put it on the ground for me. Let's put it back up. Like, yeah. he's going to remember that. Yeah. I, ha- I have memories like that, but I think it's harder when you're the one that has to do it to them. Yeah. Because it feels like you're hurting them. Yeah. You're like, I got to make them clean this up. Yeah. Which is going to cause a moment. And you're right. It's a lot easier to just do it for them. But yeah. if you can, 
if you can, that's everything, right? Yeah. Like how many things would be easier at work if you just did it for everybody? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, but it's, you know, but you wouldn't get half as much done no. and yeah, it wouldn't be as beneficial. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be something positive for teens to remember, kids to remember, young adults to remember is when people are pushing you to go do things, it's not because they don't think you're able. Yeah. If anything, that's a compliment that they're trying to push you into something good. Yeah. That's hard to remember, especially when you're trying to assert your independence and who you are and why. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who knows, man? It's just <laughs> one thing after another. And in all this time, yeah, I, I keep trying to tell people, you just, nobody's done this before. There's no playbook. Yeah. There's no playbook for today. Yeah. So if you're a parent with young kids, there's no playbook for – if you're a parent with young kids, and there's tons of people selling stuff online and – you know, you can listen. To, I'm sure there's wisdom there, but they can't. So they can't say, "Well, in 1983, when this happened, it's not there." So I think yeah. an extra dose of grace for everybody. Yeah. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Yep. I mean, and tender, you know, uh, soft towards people because they need it right now. Yeah. Um, it, it's not easy, and nobody has answers, and we'll see what it's like on the other side. Well, and you know, I I keep telling people like, you know, other believers, things about that can relate. Yeah. But in the sense of like, if if I wasn't a believer. Yep. I don't think I'd be handling this time very well because, you know, I'm not, I'm not fearful. I, I don't no. think I, I don't think at all in this entire experience I've had a moment of fear. Right. Um, I mean, that's not generally who I am. I'm more so like I said, a planner. Yeah. So I immediately, rather than going to fear, I go right into planning mode, yeah. which you can't really plan right now, but you can at least try. But, um, you know, I have, I haven't experienced any fear, but if I wasn't a believer and I didn't have hope yep. in the Lord, oh man, I think I'd be a mess right now, man. Cause it's yep. like, you know, what's next? <laughs> or, or, you know, what, what I, I just sometimes I wonder how people without the hope of the Lord live day to day because it's like, yeah, that's what keeps me going half yep. the time. It's like, otherwise, it's like, what am I striving for? What's driving me? Mm. Like, what I die and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, depending on what you believe, no, you die and you're fatalistic. done, or you die and, you know, you go to wherever. But yeah. it's like, you know, I, I know where I'm going. I have that hope. The, Death isn't the end for us, right? You know, so it's like we just yeah. continue right into that. No, so there's, there's, there's a, there's an answer for a lot of people with increased anxiety and burnout and stuff. Is, yeah, you know, it might be a tough slog. Maybe this is the best time of my life that I'm ever going to have, and there's going to be a lot of pain for a long time after this. It's all going to work. I'm working out for something better. Yeah. I'm working towards something better. Yeah, and, and it all matters at the end of the day. It matters. Yeah, that's something that I had to, you know, going going into ministry was was something I had to talk about talk through with people was, um, I feel like, because you're always wondering, am I made for this? Am I supposed to be doing this? If I did anything else, if I was a, if I was a landscaper, if I was a plumber, if I was at Edward Jones, would I feel like I was doing something of value that I was supposed to be doing? And I, and I kept saying, I don't know how people do it. And they said, well, other people can because they feel called to it. You just feel called towards ministry. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, so that's my, even if life's tough, if I know my why, then how does it matter? I can get through it because I know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's a gift. I think a lot of people got to find that. You found that early. That was a gift for you. Yeah, why, you know, I, I business. I can, I can strategize around things and try to make things happen. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely a gift. A lot of people should find before they ever sign up for four years of debt. <laughs> it's a real thing, you yeah. know. That's a that's a big that's a big. Or if you're or if your father, I was listening to a guy saying if you're sending your kid to USC or. Um, you know, North Carolina and giving them tons of debt just so that you can stand in the backyard at a barbecue and say, well, they're going to, just so you can stroke your ego. Yeah. Like, shame on you. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, no, if Calvin if Calvin wants to be, or if Reagan or, you know, Eleanor or George, if they want to be a laborer, if they want to do blue-collar work and they can be, like you're saying, content, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. They don't have to do what I tell them they have to do. Well, yeah. Dad thinks that you should be working inside. I want to work outside. Oh, okay. 
I think too with schools getting so expensive and with that we were talking about millennials earlier yep. that millennial mentality per yep. se yep. um i think you're going to see i was actually reading an article and they were saying how you're going to see in the next couple of years the cost of trades mm-hmm. and things like that the yeah. cost of them going up yeah. and the the finding a workforce is going to be much much harder okay. because people don't generally want to work with their hands on yep. hard work like that well, so it was so demeaned for so long yeah right yeah well, you want to be outside digging ditches maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe I do want to sit in an excavator and dig a di- big ditch. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Yeah, that that. Right, hey, can, those guys make pretty good money. I think do. And some guys are like, I just can't wait till I'm trained so I can go do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was talking to a guy driving a truck. He's like, man, if I could just swing the sticks around, man, I'd be I'd be doing that today. Yeah, if I could, but I can't. You know, but, but tell me you didn't hear the same thing though. Like you yeah. don't want to dig a ditch the rest of your life. Yeah. Somebody's got to dig ditches. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Well, okay, but I don't want to sit inside. So, yeah. Well, you're less of a person. <laughs> you said, well, you certainly right. Yeah. You know, I I think that's that foundational. Um, I was watching that that um uh man, who are those guys? Oh, dude, perfect, okay. dude, perfect guys. Yep. And um and at the end of the day, the guy said, you know, even if this whole thing falls apart, he said, because I follow Jesus and I love Him, it doesn't matter. He goes, I love doing it, and yeah. I'm glad that it's enjoyable with my friends. Yeah. You know, they were all roommates since college and stuff, which yeah. is just crazy. Um, but he goes, we love Jesus, and he's at the center of everything, so it really doesn't bother us too much. Yeah. I thought that's that's a really – I hope there's a bunch of – because I believe their target audience is probably anywhere from, like, fifth to eighth grade. Yeah. I hope those guys are and those girls are listening to that going, yeah, I should yeah. have a better answer for life than I need a whole bunch of attention. Yeah. Or I'm not worth it. Yeah. And and they, those guys found that stuff. They found that um, accidentally. They found, they found success accidentally, but they certainly – um, they certainly had a, a foundation in Jesus' way before that. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see who their parents are and stuff yeah. and about it. But have you seen that documentary? I haven't. Oh, man. Do your kids watch the Dude Perfect videos? Yeah, they do. Oh, I've seen the man. Dude Perfect guys. They're awesome. Oh, it's great. Do it, YouTube. Okay. I, I think it's on there. They premiered it the one night we watched it after it started. Hopefully it's still on. I don't know. But, man, it's good to watch. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's it's oh. um, oh, it's fascinating. They just did, they just, like, did you ever videotape yourself in high school and do stupid videos? No. No? I was not a video guy, really, no? wasn't. No. None of your friends were? No, I didn't like attention. <laughs> like, I, I just wasn't, man. I wasn't one to get in front of the camera. I never liked drama class. You like, wanted to make $40,000 by the time you went to college, man. That's what you wanted to do. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I was in drama class. <laughs> Everyone in drama class. Oh, man, those people. <laughs> they, they did that. They I, you know, they didn't want to, they weren't try, striving for attention. They said they did a compile. I'm telling you almost exactly the same thing. This is the something, something shot. And they yeah. would do it and it, they would do it until it went in. Yeah. They all look different, you know, because they're young and yeah. stuff, but they're doing the same shtick. Yeah. And I think it's all about the same guys. And they uploaded it on YouTube and, um, and they said overnight, it just exploded, literally, just exploded. <laughs> and then ESPN picked it up, or Sports Illustrated, yeah. one of the two picked it up and ran an article on it. They said, they, they, they said we, I think we just walked around the house all day <laughs> fo- following links to different blogs that had us on there and wow. just, and then reading, and this was way before YouTube looked any that good at all, you yeah. know, or was, you know, working well. And they, and people were just hitting it up. Like yeah. it was, it was mind boggling. Yeah, you gotta watch that documentary. That's cool. It's, those guys are, they're, they're they um they stayed true from who they were in the beginning. They didn't let it go to their heads because I think because they had Christ at the center, so they just don't mind it. Yeah, it doesn't. They get a lot of attention. They're still nervous about it because they just want kids to have a good time. Because they're not like I am, dude, perfect. It's like right. oh, that's something I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm a follower. This is just something I apply myself to. Yeah, 
No, but that's good. You said that about, you know, it's not a Christian landscape or it's anything you do. You're a Christian anything. Yeah. It just undergirds your actions and your how. Right. No, those are good things to, those are good things to bring up.